You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Hi, this is Jim. And this is Bax. Check out our podcast, The Step Over, Liberty Ballers Podcast Network, for all of your Sixers' needs. Player analysis, game breakdowns, who would look coolest in a headband, and more. Subscribe to Liberty Ballers podcast feed on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts, and check out The Step Over, a podcast about Sixers basketball. Mostly. Hello, Bleeding Green Nation, and welcome back to BGN Radio. I am John Stolness here to take you through another Eagles preview show. We're still in the preseason, and we're going to get you ready for the Eagles' third preseason game of the season against the vaunted Cleveland Browns. And uh, joining me to break this all down, as he's going to do all year long, is the great Brandon Lee Galton, the brains behind the operation at BleedingGreenNation.com. BLG, good to talk to you again, buddy. How's your week going? John? Likewise to you. Thank you for being here on BGN Radio episode number three. I can't believe we're at three already <laughs> in, a, in a week span. Uh, things yeah. are going smoothly. I feel so much better than where I was at this time last week. And I was just nervous to do a first to do a podcast for the first time in a month. I'm glad to be here and I'm glad to be talking with you, bud. Yeah, absolutely, man. I mean, it's just I fall out of bed and, and broadcast because, you know, I'm, I'm a full I'm a full time radio guy. But I know that, you know, kind of this is the podcasting format is kind of something you need to you need to do it a lot in order to feel comfortable with it and, and, and all that. So for those of you who've been listening to and subscribing to the Bleeding Green Nation uh, podcast feed all week, you've been hearing some phenomenal stuff uh, from Brandon, uh, from uh, from Michael Kiss, from uh, from Ben Solak and um, just some of the some of the stuff that we're we've been putting out this week has been great and um, we want to thank all of you I know BLG uh, would love to thank you guys for the support here in this first week that we've been back the numbers are awesome the reviews and the ratings and stuff like that on Apple podcasts has been tremendous and so uh, we're feeling the love right now BLG it's 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 been it's just been tremendous the feedback we've been getting from Eagles fans John we were a top five podcast I know and within like what the day the night the night of the same day we released our first episode last week so that's huge man and i think we are something like kiss said we were at like 70 70 something overall out of all podcasts all of podcasts any kind in the that world is crazy that is crazy we're already up to 262 <laughs> ratings on itunes 101 reviews our guys are appreciate it so much i can't stress how important that is too since you know we had to start a new feed so Please, you know, keep those coming. Really appreciate it. Gets the word out to other Eagles fans who don't know about this podcast. So thank you very much. I'm so grateful. 
Well, people follow a great brand, and they know that they know this brand, and they know you, and so that's why uh, that's why they came over. And for those of you listening who have not subscribed to uh, the Bleeding Green Nation podcast feed, make sure you do that. Uh, whether it's on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play, uh, Spotify, wherever it is you listen to your podcast, become a subscriber. Subscribe to uh, the Bleeding Green Nation podcast, and please leave those ratings and those reviews, those five star ratings. Uh, they do go a long way. The reviews are fantastic. Uh, just give us some feedback. Uh, what you like. If there's anything you don't like, anything you want us to see, uh, have us do differently, you know, we would love to hear about all of that. And um, if I w- if I could for just a second, also just give a small plug to uh, the if for those of you who might uh, uh, be familiar with my voice from the uh, the Phillies uh, podcast Hit and Season that I do for the Good Fight uh, podcast feed. If you're a Phillies fan and you're not a subscriber to the Good Fight podcast feed, um, why don't you please subscribe to that? You'll hear my Hit and Season podcast as well as a couple of others. And if you're a Sixers fan, make sure you get over to the Liberty Ballers podcast podcast feed and for Flyers fans be, be a subscriber to the Broad Street Hockey podcast feed again you can get all of those podcast feed feeds on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, Spotify, basically anywhere uh, that you like to listen to podcasts. All right, now that we've gotten all the business out of the way, let's jump in here with both feed and obviously unlike in the regular season, Brandon, we're not going to be getting into the Xs and Os of what the Browns might do to combat the Eagles and what the Eagles might combat against the, what the Browns show them, because even in the third preseason game, which is generally the preseason game where you see the starters the most, there's still not a lot of game planning going on right now. And so it's not really so much an X's and O's podcast here during the preseason, but we kind of want to give you some things to look for here in the third preseason game and catch up on some of the big storylines heading into the game. And um, I think whenever, Brandon, we're talking about the Cleveland Browns, we'd be remiss if we didn't start off talking about the Carson Wentz trade. I mean, don't don't you have to start there when you're talking about the Eagles and the Cleveland Browns when you when you're talking about Wentz and you're talking about uh, what the Browns did to, to basically to help out the Eagles two years ago, giving up the number two overall pick for a, a slew of draft picks. I want to run down now that we know who all the players are following last year's draft. Just give an overview of uh, of how that trade looks right now. But but, but before we do that. Carson Wentz is on the cover of Sports Illustrated's NFL preview double issue, Brandon, which is obviously always a, a must-get for NFL fans. But, of, of course, there's the SI cover jinx. What do you make of Carson Wentz on the cover of Sports Illustrated? I mean, seems to me he was already jinxed last year. John, there is no more jinx. There is no more curse with this team. The Eagles won the Super Bowl. Right. It's all gone. All of the spirits and whatever, the, the bad luck, it's all gone now. Like I, I, it, I, It's great to see Carson Wentz, to me, on this cover of Sports Illustrated. It's just another reminder of how special this guy is and how relevant he is league-wide. Not only is he on the cover of that one out of the four editions, but he's also in the background of all those other covers, too. Just a reminder that you know he, he is one of the stars in this league, and I feel like I don't, I don't want to say we forget that because, I mean, how could you not remember it? But, you know, with, there was so much attention with Nick Foles winning the Super Bowl, uh, being the Super Bowl MVP, uh, and the fact that Carson might not be ready for week one. It, you almost like He almost gets put on the back burner a little bit, and I, I don't want to see that. I want to see him front and center. I want to see him out there again. I, he, I mean, it sounds simple, but Carson Wentz is one of the reasons why I am so excited to watch this team again. He is so fun to watch play and ultimately 
That's why we watch football to have fun. And Carson Wentz is very fun. So I am I, I am totally fine. I'm not worried about him being on the cover. And of course, Wentz is not going to play in this game against the Browns, but he was back in practice this week uh, doing 11 on 11s now and um, back doing 11 on 11s. Again, you mentioned uh, last week on the podcast that he had done them very early in camp, but then they, they pulled him back from those. But uh, what's the report down uh, from uh, from the practice field with, with Carson Wentz now doing those 11 on 11s, BLG? Yeah, Doug said he's looking good, which is encouraging. Looks healthy and everything. Uh, you know, not at the the point anymore where we can watch practice, unfortunately. I mean, that'd right. be nice if we could. But still, all signs are positive. Uh, everyone seemed to be really excited that he was back. Like Lane Johnson was saying something about how the sheriff is back in town. And, and Jalen Mills was ha- like talking about how he's excited. So the guys love when Carson is back out there. He's a leader on this team. He's quite literally one of their best players. So it's, it's a great thing to see him back. Um, he's still not cleared for contact, of course. That is the final hurdle for him in this rehab. But to see him back there out in the field with in 11-on-11s with just from the time you'll be listening to this podcast, two full weeks to go, I still think he has that chance to play week one. Yeah, I know you've said that. You feel it's 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 almost a certainty that he's going to play week one. Um, obviously, there's a lot that can happen still. Whenever he, he has to get cleared for 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 contact, when you're when you're playing with contact, obviously somebody can can roll into somebody else. But um, we're not going to think. We're not even going to devote any any mental energy to thoughts like that. I, I I agree with you. I mean, I think if they've got him in eleven on elevens right now, I, it's it, it's a matter of just basically having the trust that you've got to. You've, you, it's like when you're. When you send your kid off to college, you've got to let him go at some point. You know, it's at some point if his knee's healthy and it's stable and he wants to play, seems to me if if all that is in line for week one, then he should probably play week one. 100% agree. I mean, that's the thing I think we had mentioned last week, too. Look, if he's cleared, he's cleared. Like, it's right. it's pass or fail at that point. It's not like, well, he's cleared, Kinda. but now we're going to hold him out anyway. Yeah, it's, it doesn't work that like, He's either cleared or he's not. He's either ready to play or he's not ready to play. And I just feel like with all the progress he's, we've seen, he likely will be ready. But we'll see. I mean, there, there's still yeah. two weeks to go. We'll figure it out uh, right now. I think it's fun to do this exercise, as you were saying here, John, and and look at what <laughs> the Browns are passing up on here. Because man, they what a miss by them. And and I was talking to the uh, the Dogs by Nature, the Cleveland Browns SB Nation site today. Mm-hmm. Uh, I do you know I do a question and exchange for before every game as a preview, and I could not start I couldn't start anywhere else with that question. I was like, we ha- we have to get the elephant out of the room right away. I have yeah. to ask you about Carson Wentz. Yeah, so let's take a look at the players, and uh, I, I I will admit I'm going to give some credit to Jimmy Kemsky uh, from Philly Voice. I kind of cribbed this from a piece that he wrote not too long ago, but uh, he had a good uh, a list of all of the different players that the Cleveland Browns acquired from all of the different draft picks that they got directly from the Eagles and from other trades that they used with those draft picks. Um, so the Eagles, of course, got Carson Wentz and a 2017 fourth-round pick. The Browns got... Uh, the Eagles 2016 first rounder, a third rounder, and a fourth rounder. The Eagles 2017 first rounder, and the Eagles 2018 second rounder. With all of that, here's what they got. <laughs> <laughs> they selected Corey Coleman, who has since been cut, correct? Uh, I think he was traded, right? For But it was only like the conditional seventh to the Bills. Right, so, I mean, right, right. That's, that's basically being cut. That's right. Okay, so basically they just jettisoned Corey Coleman for, for virtually nothing. They got offensive tackle Sean Coleman, who's going to be their starting left tackle this year, it looks like. Uh, op- okay. Offensive guard, offensive tackle Spencer Drango. 
um, who I'm seeing as a projected backup for them this year. Quarterback Cody Kessler, who was traded to Jacksonville. Uh, safety Derek Kindred. Household names all of these guys. Uh, projected backup <laughs> quarterback Deshaun Kaiser. Uh, he started most of the Browns season last year. You know, the season where they went 0-16. And, um, and he was traded to the Packers for cornerback safety Demarius Randall. They got wide receiver Ricardo Lewis, uh, who is their projected number four wide receiver this year. Wide receiver Jordan Payton, who was released prior to last year and is no longer in the NFL, last I checked. Uh, safety Jab- Jabril Peppers. Uh, defensive end Chad Thomas. And... And cornerback Denzel Ward, all for little old Carson Wentz. BLG, I mean, Cleveland fans, when they it's a good thing for Cleveland that he that Carson Wentz isn't playing, so that it doesn't have to be kind of thrown in their faces even in a preseason game. Yeah, I really wanted the Eagles to put him out there just for one snap. Like just <laughs> yeah. have him start the game and then hand off to a running back and just like get out of the way. I mean, like, you know, do a running back toss so he barely even has to do too much there. I would just I would love that. Unfortunately, it won't be happening. But, John, when you were reading through all those names there, I was almost tempted to do the who, like, after each name. <laughs> yeah, as, right. You know, like, you know, they're introducing the other starters and you say sucks. I mean, I, I really just don't – I genuinely do not recognize a lot of those names off the top of my head. And it is amazing to me that so many people were just so convinced for a good amount of time, even after – Wentz's rookie season, talking about how, oh, Cody Kessler could be better than Wentz, and the Browns won this trade. It was, yeah, it's bad. It's a very bad deal. I think another thing, too, here, like, and I've talked about this before on previous editions uh, a long time ago, but uh, I think it's so weird, the uh, thank you, Sashi movement or whatever (laughs) about Sashi Brown, and, like, he just did this wonderful job. It's, It's crazy to me because the... NFL is not the NBA. It's not you don't need to tank yeah. to get better. Yeah. The Eagles proved that. Like they right. are the exact opposite. They did not tank. They figured out a way to retool. They got the most important thing in football, which is a franchise quarterback, and that makes all the difference. And I hate hearing how oh, Carson Wentz wouldn't have worked out in Cleveland anyway. I mean, because Cleveland has been so terrible and no one nothing good has happened there. Okay, maybe, but it's not this sure thing. I mean, I think it was a mistake for them to pass him up. And I think we are not me, but I think those fans who say that underrate the value of a quarterback. I mean, yeah. look how look how much the 49ers turned around with Jimmy G. And I'm not saying it's the same situation because Jimmy G was a veteran player coming into a bad situation, whereas Carson Wentz would be a rookie coming into a bad situation with the Browns. But I still think that he is so good and so talented and independent not i mean obviously the scheme in philadelphia helps him i'm not trying to say it hasn't but i think independent of those things he's still such a a special unique talent that he would have made them better and i think there's a lot of browns fans who realize that and they say you know what what the hell do we do but i think some are kind of in denial about that and it's too bad that they didn't get to see him once again beat their team even if it's in the preseason on thursday you know, I think teams kind of psych themselves out when it comes to trades like this because every every franchise wants to get that Herschel Walker trade. You know, the trade where the Vikings traded Herschel Walker in his prime to the Dallas Cowboys for a slew of picks. I mean, uh, and and 
or pardon me, Dallas traded him to to Minnesota for a slew of Minnesota picks, and Dallas built their 1990s dynasty on the back of that trade. They got Emmett Smith uh, as as one of those draft picks, and and a number of other players uh, with, with all of those different picks, and and the Cowboys became the Cowboys again because of that one trade. And we've seen other teams do that, try and you know trade the opportunity to to get a star player, to get a a franchise player for a ton of draft picks. And it worked out great for the Cowboys all those all those years ago because they, they hit it big in the draft. The Cleveland Browns have not hit it big in the draft. I mean, Corey Coleman's a prime example of that. He, he was a, a high pick and, uh, and, and obviously did not work out for that team. And, you know, listen, I... I lived through the Ray Rhodes era. I lived through, you know, some of the some of the dark days of trying to talk my I bought a Ty Detmer jersey, BLJ. Oh back no. Then. Yes. I had a white Ty Detmer jersey in my closet for years because I t- talked myself into Ty Detmer. I talked myself into into um Oh geez, who's the kid? Just totally, uh, totally. Kevin Cobb. Kevin Cobb is one I talked myself into, but I'm even talking a little bit b- before then, and the names totally flew Bobby out. Bobby Hoying. Bobby Hoying is the guy. Absolutely, I talked myself into Bobby Hoying. I talked myself into Rodney Pete for a little while there. Fans will talk themselves into just about any quarterback they can when they don't have a real guy. And that's that's what the Browns have done until maybe now we're seeing with, with Baker Mayfield, who we're going to talk about in just a few minutes. Isn't it great, though, that the Eagles don't have to do that anymore? I was I thinking about that today. I was like, we need to actively not take that for granted and think and be thankful about not arguing about Sam Bradford or, right. you know, all these guys who like come through here or, or Kevin Cobb or even Michael Vick. It's just like we don't have to fool ourselves. We don't have to be the Jaguars pretending that Blake Bortles is fine. Like, uh. We can feel good that we have one of the best quarterbacks in the game and the Browns cannot. Well, unless we see what Baker Mayfield, we'll see what Baker Mayfield comes into. But right now we don't know. Right, and and let's and let's kind of jump into the game a little bit here. We'll we'll talk about Baker Mayfield in just a minute because uh, he is a really intriguing talent. Uh, seems like a, seems like a, he's going to be a personality in the league as well. Um, would be a fun guy to kind of either root for or root against, depending on on how you feel about the Browns and him personally. But um, from an Eagles standpoint, let's talk about uh, kind of what we want to see in this game uh, against Cleveland here. And uh, generally, like I mentioned at the top, this is the preseason game where the starters would typically play the longest. And I imagine for a lot of the starters, that'll be the case this time around too. But we're not going to see Wentz. We're not going to see Alshon Jeffrey. We're not going to see Nelson Aguilar. We're not going to see Jason Peters. We're not going to see Darren Sproles. I mean, there's it's it's definitely lacking in star power and it just kind of feels to me and and maybe the vibe is different if you're there in the complex covering the team every day but the the juice on this third preseason game isn't there because everybody's just waiting for week one I think everybody's just waiting for Carson in week one to officially kind of kick things off and and this third preseason game I don't know it's it's lacking some of the um some of the focus I think that a lot of the other third preseason games have gotten from fans at least because you look to this third preseason game as the dress rehearsal is that is that kind of the way that we should be looking at it this you know this year too I think so John and I think it's a fair point I mean there's so many guys that are hurt here even like a Donnell Pumphrey like these guys you've won not just the starters but these guys competing for roster battles and playing time I mean they're not going to be playing uh, Jay Ajayi also out, Brandon Graham, who just returned from the PUP, not going to play. So there's, there's just so many guys here that yeah, you want to see them, but they're just not going to be out there. So and it's going to be hard, too, for all the people freaking out 
about how the offense hasn't looked good in the preseason. Well, I mean, Carson Wentz hasn't been playing. He was almost the MVP last year. That's kind of significant. Oh, by the way, Jason Peters isn't also playing. And those guys that you just mentioned there, John. So we're probably not going to see the offense really be in this big rhythm because they're missing their best players. And not to mention, they're not game planning as much, although we may see a little bit more of that. Doug Peterson kind of talked about that in his press conference this week. That's kind of what makes this third preseason game a little more competitive, a little more unique. There's going to be some more game planning aspects to it. I'm sure they're not going to go all out, but you might see some things here and there. He talked about wanting to see guys in specific situations such as two minute drill. They kind of want to get some work in here before they really don't play at all next next week against the Jets in the preseason finale. So it's kind of just trying to tune up for that preseason game, which will be here in two weeks on September 6th. And man, it's right around the corner. It's almost here. It is right around the corner. And I guess, you know, we'll see also how how Nick Foles plays. How, How long do we expect Nick to play in this one? Yeah, it's a really good question because Doug said the starters will play through the first half. You know, maybe if uh, it's a good first half of work and it's kind of obvious they don't really need to get back out there, maybe he kind of just cuts it down to that. But with Foles, it's it's just so interesting because he could, in theory, you know, or potentially here, be your week one starter. And, you know, him having this shoulder sprain or strain last week and being fine now but still you saw that and look it's going to be big v out there protecting him again and i use the word protecting there lightly after he had a really (laughs) bad week last week so like maybe you don't want to push it too much and maybe you and you do have a, a bunch of other quarterbacks on the roster now here with you know obviously nate studfeld looking good as we have always believed in him here on BGN radio. Uh, and you know, obviously there was talk. They wanted to get Christian Hackenberg in last week. We didn't see it. Uh, Joe Callahan barely played. So maybe they want to give those guys some work too, but, uh, I think Foles will get a decent amount of work here. And I think that's one of the things I'm looking for in this game where I think we're all looking for is to see a little bit more out of him last week. Now, it's not like I need to see him play lights out to feel good about him week one, because we've seen Nick Foles bounce up and down so much in his career that, you kind of just don't even know what to expect sometimes. But, I mean, last week he's missing like easy throws. I mean, guys are five yards away from him, and he's either underthrowing them or overthrowing them. He's making the routine look impossible. I just I want to see <laughs> not that. I want to see him at least look competent. He didn't really look too competent last week. Yeah, and I guess maybe, you know, it's you got to get into it. He's I think he's a rhythm player it seems like too, Brandon. For sure. I mean, you know, he and if he can if he knows he's going to get a half or if he knows he's going to get three quarters, maybe that lets him settle in and if they're game planning a little bit and, you know, they're mixing in the RPOs that he likes to do or the, you know, whatever 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 it is that uh, you know, mixing in a little bit more of the of the run game if you can kind of get him in a little bit of a rhythm, I think that, you know, helps everybody else feel a little bit better about uh, the possibility of having Nick Foles in in week 1. But obviously the goal is for Carson Wentz to be available uh, for week one. Um, one of the other uh, main things that we've been hearing about on the defensive side of the ball is that this game is going to go a long way in determining uh, who the slot cornerback is going to be. Um, we're obviously down to uh, Sidney Jones and Avante Maddox. It's going to come down to basically to those two guys. And, and I would imagine that this game is going to go a long way to determining which of those guys it's going to be. Yeah, that's what Jim Schwartz said. And Look, I think I think it's ultimately going to be Sidney Jones, and I think we ultimately all know that, but 
it kind of was going back to what I was saying last week with you, John. I believe I said it, where it's not that Sidney Jones has looked bad. It's just I don't think he's looked like this player that some people expect him to be in terms of, oh, man, this is a top 15 pick if he didn't get hurt. I don't think right. he's that player. I think he looks more like – I think he looks exactly what he is. And what I mean by that is I think he looks like a guy who's drafted in the second round and didn't play pretty much for the most part his whole rookie season and is still green and is learning a new position and is only 22 years old and has had some nice moments, but he's also had some, some pretty bad moments. So like the, the missed tackle and, and even when he had one of those pass breakups last week against the Patriots, he clearly got beat on that play. It was just Brian Hoyer underthrew it. And to his credit, he ultimately broke it up. But I mean, it's just, you know, it's not what you want to see overall out of him. It's not the dominance that you want to see. And again, that's fine. Maybe Sydney is a guy who kind of really, turns it on during the season as the season goes along he gets more comfortable he finds himself but to me I keep saying here the fact that Avante Maddox is still in this thing even though he didn't seem to be part of it at all because it was Sidney Jones and it was Devonte Bosby splitting reps for the first I don't know 11 days or so of camp and then Maddox kind of just comes in here late you know I think there's some I think we maybe we see some kind of rotation even there during this season I think I've always thought of Maddox as a player who you might use in specific situations against those smaller, shiftier slot receivers like a Cole Beasley, for example. But, you know, he's a rookie, too. So there's there's a lot of inexperience at that spot, which is, you know, somewhat concerning, maybe an underrated concern, even just given how you could trust Patrick Robinson last year to be this shutdown slot corner, which is so crazy. And we never would expect it ourselves to say that, but that's who we ended up being. Yeah. Is, is, is Sidney Jones, obviously, you know, in college, he played on the outside. Is that, if he were on the outside, I guess maybe there's, this is an unfair question because it's speculation, but Mm -hmm. do you think he'd feel more, he'd be more comfortable? He'd, he'd be better if he was playing on the outside. He had some good reps there more so in the spring. I feel like, um, we haven't seen him extensively enough there and maybe moving him back and forth isn't exactly helping him either. Again, I don't think Sidney Jones is, is like a bad player just because he doesn't, he's not at his full potential right now. And it doesn't mean I don't believe in him. I just, I'm ready to kind of pump the brakes on it a little bit and kind of just, I I need to see more from him before I'm kind of just fully all in like, yes, this guy is going to be dominant. So I'm just waiting to see more. And Thursday night against the Browns will be a great opportunity for that to happen. He has a big chance here to kind of, put those doubts aside and really step into this role. Uh, the fourth running back battle we talked a little bit about last week, and um, I don't know that uh, in the Patriots game any one of the any one of the candidates really set themselves apart in that particular race. So um, I would imagine this third game is going to be kind of important for, for one of those guys to kind of step to the forefront as well. And I guess – the question also is: Is there's going to be more running backs that are that get released here probably in the next couple of weeks after this third game when the when when the rosters uh, get trimmed down at the end of the preseason? Um, is it possible that the fourth running back isn't on this roster right now? It's possible. I had written an article today for Bleeding Green Nation about how you know two running backs are now on the market who the Eagles could have some interest in. You have Shark Chandrick West, who I will refer to as Chark because that's his nickname. With the Chiefs, I, I've always liked him, man. I he, yeah, he was he was productive until he got hurt, and then just never got his job back. But I've always liked he's got talent. He's uh he's solid. I mean he's he's definitely a proven option at the very least. And even Chiefs fans were very like very complimentary of him. They were kind of bummed to see him go. It was really just a financial decision for them. They saved uh, one point six five million in cap space, so he's out there if they feel like they add to need to add a vet to the mix. 
And then Terrence West is out there too, another guy who the Eagles worked out earlier this offseason. So if they feel like they need to add a veteran, there are some guys out there. And I feel like uh, some people have been like, well, do you even need to keep four running backs? I think you almost do because you have Darren Sproles, who's 35 years old and coming off an ACL injury. He's looked great in this offseason. I'm not concerned about him if he stays healthy, but that's just, you know, that's something to think about. You have Jay Ajayi, who has missed, I think, three days of this week and probably will be fine. Uh, but he does miss a, a decent amount of practice time. He has that degenerative knee condition, which is always a concern. And then you have Corey Clement, who I don't think he has a serious injury, but he's missed. This will be his second game missed now. So you got, you have some of these guys who are banged up. It would be nice to keep that fourth guy around just in case. And I think uh, it could be those guys. I think this is a huge game and probably arguably one of the most intriguing players to watch this week will be Josh Adams because we don't know 100% if he's playing because he only returned to practice on Tuesday. Maybe that's not enough. I don't know. He seems to think he's going to be playing. We'll see. I really want to see what he shows because he showed some some promise in that first game. Was he lighting the world on fire? No, but I thought he hit the hole hard. He showed some kind of life and juice, unlike we saw from Matt Jones and Wendell Smallwood last week who offered nothing. And to me, like I don't want those guys on this team. They're not showing me anything right now. So uh, at, at the very least, I think Josh Adams offers the theory, the theoretical value of some kind of upside. So I want to see where he's at. And then Donald Pumphrey will not be playing against the Browns, but interesting kind yeah. of to hear that he's, he said he feels like a hundred percent healed from his hamstring injury and the coaches kind of want to keep him out is I kind of theorized this hmm. with Ben Solak on BGN radio episode two earlier this week, where I was thinking like, what if the coaches maybe like what they saw and they want to hold him out? I mean, I'm not like fully there because I think like, <laughs> he's missed too much time and he needs to be on the field and he needs to prove that he can stay healthy. But that fourth running back spot is very much up for grabs. So that's another spot where maybe we'll see someone emerge on Thursday. What about a guy like Orleans Darkwa too? As a Man, I, I've to liked add. him. I, he's had some injury yeah. issues, which I think is why he's still out there in the market. So I don't know if teams are kind of scared off of that. But I, I do like that name. I, I, I remember yeah. watching the Giants – running backs and all of them were just so awful and he was like decent he wasn't you know he was the one yeah he was productive whenever he was in there yeah so i don't know maybe another guy to keep an eye out for and we've talked about the defensive tackles not named fletcher cox uh, a little bit too and i don't know what you're gonna (sighs) see exactly from the defensive tackle situation in the third preseason game uh other than something you know just to be (laughs) yeah just be able to get some pressure on on Tarod Taylor who and who you know Tarod is has got some has has got some escapability but he's not Randall Cunningham back there or anything like that but he 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 can he can move around a little bit if you but getting to being it showing that you can at least kind of block the running lanes and and get to Tarod Taylor and, and just give give Fletcher Cox some kind of a running buddy in there uh, I think is is an important thing to watch here for the third game. Now, also. John, I noticed you're pronouncing it Tarod, which is how he wants it, right? I, like, isn't that the right I, way? Exactly. Yes, indeed. We, a coworker and I, who is a big Bills fan, was talking to me about it this week. Just kind of happenstance and so i made sure to say if his mama calls him tarod i'm gonna call him tarod i respect that but also at the same time i just cannot not call him tyrod <laughs> like that's that's what i'm seeing i'm looking at it it's a why i cannot say like tarod so bear with me people if i say his name wrong but when we're talking <laughs> about defensive tackles here again i think we said it last week i i don't really feel good about anyone not named fletcher cox i think I'm not panicking about 
Destiny Vayal playing or Haloti uh, Nada in there, but I don't feel awesome about him. And I know Michael Bennett might be able to play on the inside some, but I don't know. It just seems so thin there. Like, God forbid Fletcher Cox goes down. What do you do? And I think one positive there is Bruce Hector kind of seems to be coming on a little bit, the undrafted rookie free agent from uh, South Florida. I think he's really overtaken Elijah Qualls in uh, this battle here, the the Eagles 2017 six-round pick. So that's kind of a little bit intriguing, I guess, as far as some of those those bottom-of-the-roster spots go. But, yeah, again, I just – I feel uneasy about this spot because the Eagles defensive line was just so critical to their success last year. And for, for them to have some kind of weak spot there, I just don't feel great about it. Maybe they try to address it somehow. I don't know. And while we're talking about defensive tackle, I just want to give a quick shout out to Cedric Thornton, former Eagle who retired today. So we know he he won't be coming in here to fix it because he's leaving (laughs) the game. So that's where we're at. All right. Any other any other positions, any other players that you think we should be looking out for here in this game? Yeah, I guess linebacker, too. That's another one Jim Schwartz had talked about with the uh, the whole weak side linebacker competition. Is it going to be Nate Gary, Nathan Gary, uh, his full name, of course, or is it going to be Kamu Gruje Hill? To me, I like Kamu more. I've said that all along. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll see how that continues to go. And then the configuration for week one. That's another thing that Schwartz had highlighted. And we were Ben and I were talking about on BGN Radio 2 is that it's not just about figuring out who the weak side linebacker is for the whole season. It's about figuring out the best three linebackers for week one because you're going to have Jordan Hicks in the middle. And then from there, <laughs> who knows? Uh, and yeah. maybe Jordan Hicks isn't even in the middle because maybe you're putting Joe Walker in there or Leroy Reynolds, and then you're moving Jordan Hicks to the outside. I don't know. I'm not like – I don't think it's a huge thing because I just don't think linebacker is really like uh, the biggest deal for this team. But it'll be a, like one of those little interesting to keep things to keep an eye out for. And we're not going to break down the entire Cleveland Browns roster here, but uh, oh, you know God, we, no. we no, that would just that wouldn't be no wouldn't be healthy for anybody. Uh, but even even Browns fans don't want to hear about their roster. But no, it's uh, it's an improved team, I think. Um, and if you listen to to Michael Kendricks, it's the most talented team oh, that he's boy. ever played on, which we'll jump into here in just a second. But uh, from from the quarterback situation, we talked about Taylor. Um, I, I you know on the Browns side, really the guy I want to watch is I want to see Mayfield. I, I want to see what Mayfield can do. He's by all accounts looked fantastic uh, in the preseason and uh, he's he's going to be the backup uh, barring an injury to Taylor um, but uh, he's the guy that everybody wants to see I don't know if you saw the impression he did um, I'm sure you did uh, that was um, for the uh, the rookie talent show where he imitated his GM John Dorsey um, he's a cocky kid you know we saw that in college and you know he's uh, he's not afraid to kind of uh, get out there and, and say stuff that's controversial and, you know, answer back against critics and stuff like that. I kind of like that. He's a, he's a, he's a brash kid. If he played for the Cowboys, I'd, I'd hate his guts, but yes. you know, he's tucked away in Cleveland where we don't have to worry about him, you know? So I'm, I'm fine with Baker Mayfield and I'm, I'm interested to see in, in, in I'm interested to see his talent. Cause he, this may be Brandon. This is the Cleveland quarterback that sticks. Maybe. I, I like Baker Mayfield. Obviously, I haven't been paying attention to quarterbacks in the draft as much since the Eagles have theirs, and they're they're quite set there. But I do like him. I did like Baker. Um, I think a lot of the criticism of him was kind of just like off base. I think people were kind of just kind of almost looking for things to 
find wrong with him instead of appreciating what he can do well and and kind of getting a little too concerned with the the attitude stuff and how i mean like the colin cowherd thing was like ridiculous right when he was yeah it really was like oh why weren't you celebrating with your team like come on like just stop like <laughs> like that's ridiculous uh I, I like it personally i think i definitely think there could be something there with him i don't think it's just another one of these oh man the browns did it again they, they took a quarterback and he's just gonna be terrible I think uh, – and having Tyrod there is nice too. See, I did it again, Tyrod. Um, yeah. I, I think having him there is nice, uh, a nice uh, placeholder, a bridge quarterback, if you will. So, uh, you know, I think uh, I think they're not the they're not in the worst spot anymore. <laughs> they're not – I don't no. know if they're in a good spot. I just don't think they're in the worst spot. Right. No, this is not Cody Kessler. This is not Deshaun Kaiser. This is not any of the other, the the long, unbelievably long list of quarterbacks that they've had in that town since Bernie Kosar was the last really good quarterback that they had. I mean, it's, and that's, we're talking, we're talking the early nineties at this point when he retired from, uh, from Cleveland. That is a, that is a long, long slog for, for Cleveland fans at that position. Um, but if you, like I mentioned just a second ago, Michael Kendricks, who's now a linebacker on Cleveland, uh, obviously. <laughs> Obviously, a member of the Super Bowl champion Eagles team last year. Um, had an interesting comment on Hard Knocks, uh, Brandon, saying, quote, we've got so much more talent in this room than what I did in Philly. It's not even funny. Now, Kendricks has been backtracking a little bit on Twitter today. Um, he kind of amended it, uh, complaining, of course, like whenever anybody says something controversial, whether it's in sports or in the real world or whatever, if they get misquoted, the the obvious response is, well, they took it out of context. Mm -hmm. If they'd have played the full set of comments, they'd know what I was talking about. And uh, he tweeted out that, that Philly was the best team last year, not because they had the best talent, but because they were the best <laughs> overall unit in football. How else would a team beat the Patriots? Here at the Browns, we have the capabilities to be an even better team because of the natural, raw talent here. BLG, I'm just going to wind you up and let you go. Isn't that kind of a contradiction right there? Like, yes, it we is a contradiction. He's because crazy. Of our talent, but we have good and raw, natural, raw talent. Like, uh, and then I think I think the tweets make what he said even worse because I was giving <laughs> him the benefit of the doubt before and just saying he was talking about the linebacker room. And if that's the case... I don't know. I don't think that's crazy. I think, you know, some people would take the Browns linebackers over the Eagles linebackers. Um, but, man, I, I just think... I mean, listen, maybe if you're talking about pure athleticism, like, you know, these right. guys have faster 40 times than a lot of the Eagles players, and these guys... And they made know, the Pro Bowl. Maybe... A couple of them made the Pro Bowl. Jordan Hicks or Nigel Bradham haven't made the Pro Bowl, but... Yeah, yeah. Like, what are we talking about here, Mike? And look, I think we need to, to add some context here. Speaking of not adding context, <laughs> I think the context here is that... <laughs> Michael Kendricks, I appreciate what he did for the Eagles. He contributed to the Super Bowl team. I'm not ungrateful for that. But he said some dumb things over the years, man. Like, I think back to when it was the 2015 season, and I'm pretty sure it was after the Cowboys game, the Eagles just got their butts kicked. And he was in the locker room saying, we're going we're gonna to beat the crap out of Washington next week. And it was like, it just wasn't the time to say that. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, it was like, deaf. dude, like, what are you doing? And then sure enough, next week they got killed by Washington. So it was just more even more embarrassing so i think michael Hendricks is a very honest guy he kind of just says what he's on what is on his mind i remember when i was at and i was asking a bunch of eagles players if they were worried about the patriots were going to cheat because the patriots have a cheating history and he was one of the few <laughs> yeah i know right what? he was one of the few guys who was like well it wouldn't uh. surprise me and i just thought that was so funny because every other player like did not want to touch that <laughs> and fairly so but 
I thought it was a fair question. Anyway, Michael Kendricks is one of the few guys who said that. The point being <laughs> here that I think he kind of just says things sometimes. Like he's he's not necessarily the most guarded or efficient with his words. And look, I just I hate the oh, what was he supposed to say, crowd? What do you mean what he was was he supposed to say? No one was sticking a microphone in his face. Yeah. Not that. Asking him like it wasn't someone asking him to compare the units like he just said it on his own. And look, I will give him the benefit of the doubt in the sense that, OK, let's see the full clip. And if that makes a difference, I'll give him that. But from like the tweet and everything else, man, Mike, like, what are you doing here? I know. And other people were like, well, Doug Peterson said yeah. the Eagles have more talent than the, the Packers did when they won the Super Bowl. And that was true. But like, OK, that's not the same thing here. We were talking about. That, Doug was talking about a team that went 7-9 and nine, and according to point differential and DVOA everything, kind of underperformed what their record should have been. Michael Kendricks is talking about a team that is 1-31 in their last 32 <laughs> games. Like It's not the same thing here. Yeah, there are no analytics. There are no metrics that you could come up with that you could divine in which you could even compare the talent level of these two teams right now. And maybe Cleveland takes a big jump this year, but even if Cleveland gets a six win jump, they're six and 10. I mean, (laughs) it's, you know, and, you know, this is, they've got a lot of, it's a very young roster. They've got a lot of guys who could be up and coming. I have no doubt that Baker Mayfield is, uh, they're, I have no doubt they're excited about him. and, And maybe that's where a lot of this is coming from, but. It, it was one of those comments where obviously he's going to get made fun of and felt the need to try and correct. And as we've also seen, anytime a player gets miscorrect, anytime a player makes a controversial statement and they say they were mis- misquoted and they try to do damage control, the damage control inevitably makes it look even stupider, as you just mentioned. So um, Michael Kendricks um, continuing to say dumb things uh, this time now wearing a Browns uniform. Um Let's also talk about uh, some comments Big V made this week. Um, obviously, you know, Vitae has not had a great preseason. He had a pretty lousy game against the Patriots in the second game. And um, seems as though he wasn't really up for that second game, Brandon. Yeah, that's kind of – it's a little alarming in the sense of, wait, you just say, like, you just were taking it easy and like, you were, like, not yeah. prepared? Because um, it's not so much about winning the game. It's just it's – you play a position that is important to other people's health. Like you need to be on your A game because Nick Foles is back there. And if you're not getting fully prepared, I mean, he could get hurt. He could have been more seriously hurt than he was. And right. how much worse would that quote have looked if Nick Foles like was out for the season? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I was like oh yeah. yeah, by the way, I wasn't really playing that hard. Well, like, dude, what are you doing? Like, so yeah. uh, it wasn't the best thing, but I think some people are making a little too much of it. I mean, we're talking about, preseason guys and this is the time to kind of get that out of the way that mentality out of the way this is the wake-up call you want to be making those mistakes now as opposed to the regular season and again like i'm not worried about the eagles having a super bowl hangover because a backup offensive tackle is not ready for a second preseason game like that is not what where my mind is at and and along those lines john i have to bring this up because this is driving yeah. me crazy too i feel like this whole podcast or a lot of it is just me airing grievances with, with now we're, this is a this is a time to vent <laughs> the preseason is a time to vent because you know come the regular season we got we got actual x's and o's to break down but no this just let it fly bro so like why are we getting upset about the eagles <laughs> wearing a super bowl patch first of all I don't even know if that's fully their decision. It might be. I don't know. But I'm saying I just don't know if it is or not. Maybe the league wants them to because it's more branding and it, then you can sell the jerseys and everything. But guys, like, what are we doing saying that 
oh, they can't wear that. We need to look forward. I mean, it took how many years for the Eagles to win a championship? It's the only thing we've been waiting for forever. And then it gets here and we're like, oh, no, we have to move on. What are you talking about? We have to move on. Yeah. Like I, you, they can they can bring out the Lombardi trophy before every game and it would not be too excessive to me. Like, I never want to forget that. Yeah. No, and I don't think players wearing the patches during the course of a game are going to look down at their patch and suddenly forget <laughs> that they're playing and think back to think back to Minnesota and Tom Brady dropping the pass and all of a sudden forget what down it is. You know, that's that's not how that works in the NFL. Yeah. You you're you're going to be up to play and frankly it, when when Carson Wentz comes back I can't I can't think of a player who will be hungrier this year than Carson Wentz will be. He's He's not going to let these guys. He's not going to let a patch on a jersey cause anybody to have a letdown on this team. You know, I mean, if there if there is a hangover, it's just going to be one of those things where it's a physical hangover from the season ending later than normal. Alshon Jeffrey having surgery later in the off season than he ordinarily would have if the season ended earlier. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, surgeries that we heard about this week to Mac Collins, the hernia surgery that he had. Um, which was a bit of surprising news this week, and Derek Barnett had hernia surgery. Some of the physical toll of playing an extra an extra game, playing in the Super Bowl, playing later in the season, maybe that has some kind of an effect. Totally but, fair. Yeah, but not patches. Not not you know, patches. Not, uh, not statements in the press, not TV shows, not not biographies written by Doug Peterson or and, and Nick Foles. None of that. Stuff. Not the Super Bowl rewatch party, which isn't even being thrown by the Eagles. It's like an NFL event. Like that's come on, guys. Um, I, another thing I wanted to say about that, John, is um, you mentioned Carson not allowing that to happen. I mean, think about Jason Peters too and Jaron Sproles. Like those guys in the huddle. Oh my gosh. When those guys are in the huddle and you're huddling all together, you're not going to be like, oh yeah, I'm taking this easy. No, like you're going to see that guy and you're going to be like, well, crap. You know, like that guy is out here. He's busting his butt. He's been doing it for years now. I better bring my game. I don't want to let that guy down. I don't want to let Carson down. I am not worried about that that aspect of the hangover. I totally agree with you there. I think I think the injury one is real because, as you said, there are a number of concerns there. There could be this physical hangover, but I'm not worried about it from uh, an emotional perspective too much. And, hey, maybe we'll prove to be wrong about that. But I just, to me right now, I don't see it. I've seen good energy out of this team the whole offseason. I remember saying after the first OTA practice that I watched that practice and guys were celebrating past breakups in practice in May. Mm-hmm. Like it yeah. was the Super Bowl. Like they're like the defense was going wild. So I just think the energy has been good here. And that's how I am continue going to continue to believe it. John, I wanted to get to another thing before we missed yeah. it. Because it was kind of like an underrated thing this week. Kind of slipped through the cracks here. Uh Adam Kaplan on the Inside the Birds podcast with Jeff Mosher um had mentioned that Matt Collins had off-season hernia surgery. Yeah, yeah. That is, that's not irrelevant. And kind of maybe, remember we were talking last week about how, man, I just kind of think Matt Collins hasn't had the best training camp. Not a bad one, but just not a standout one. So that's kind of interesting. And it also ties into, hey, there's another player who happened to have that same surgery. Oh, it's Derek Barnett, another second-year player 
not exactly having that off season we've wanted. Do you think right. there's any coincidence there? <laughs> no, I th- so it would seem to me just uh, I don't think you're able to convince Ben about the, at least the Derek Barnett oh, aspect. Very true. Of, uh, <laughs> but no, I think there's a lot to that. I mean, and we, we see this in sports now, the, the core injuries, the hernia injuries are just, they're rampant and they do, they, they take a while to come back from, especially if it interferes with your, with your off season workout program and all that stuff. I, I think there's absolutely uh, a lot of truth to that. Um, all right, so listen. Final thoughts uh, before we get out of here, BLG. Ahead of this, uh, ahead of this uh, third preseason game, I think the big key for me is just no injuries. Get right. get everybody out of that game as healthy as possible, and um, rest just about everybody for the fourth game. But just get out of this game without without losing, you know, somebody that you can't afford to lose. Especially when you consider that they may not be at full strength for the start of the season. Totally agree. That's my number one priority, as it should be everyone's in the preseason. You know, you want to see some better execution here in this game than maybe we've seen in the past couple of weeks here. I want to see Nate Studfeld coming in, throwing more touchdowns. But overall, uh, and obviously I want to see some roster battle stuff, but I mean, just doesn't matter ultimately. Like we're talking about fourth running back, doesn't matter. Guy probably isn't even going to play a lot this year. So to stay healthy, everyone continue to get healthy. And again, two weeks, two weeks from the time you're listening to this podcast likely on Thursday, August 23rd, the Eagles will be playing in their first regular season game. So get out of this game healthy. You get to rest until that game, basically, if you're a starter and you're a relevant player on this team. So let's just make it through this game and we'll go from there. Two weeks until the Eagles officially start defending their Super Bowl title, BLG. Awesome. The actual How dare you bring that up? I know. And folks, just a reminder uh, to uh, subscribe to the Bleeding Green Nation podcast if you haven't done so already. Rate and review this bad boy um, and uh, tell your friends to to hop on board as well. And that will do it for episode number three of BGN Radio. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in. And make sure you listen for the uh, the Kist and Solak show. They'll be doing a recap of everything that went down uh, in this uh, third preseason game of the season. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in. We'll talk to you all next time right here on BGN Radio. Hey, everybody. It's Neil Patel, editor-in-chief of The Verge. I host a podcast every week called The Verge Cast with my friends Paul Miller and Dieter Bone. We've got a rotating cast of characters from our entire site, which is about technology, how it impacts culture, and how that is all a big cycle that causes us to have a wide variety of feelings that you can listen to every Friday. We've done over 300 episodes in the six years since The Verge has been around, but you only need to listen to one, the latest one, to get caught up on everything in tech news. Vergecast is on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, everywhere else you listen to podcasts, check it out.